Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Nat Jurek and with me, I'll be joined by Ben Scott and Jason Galea. STC Fit are a group of coaches who provide premium coaching and education services to high achieving women who want to ditch the frustration and achieve the results they want when they want. On the podcast, we'll be discussing all things related to our five-step method to experiencing total clarity in knowing how to achieve your goals, present and future. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit for all your online and personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a share and tag at Nat Jurek STC Fit, at Ben Scott STC and at Jason Galea underscore STC. Hope you enjoy the show. I've created Exhibit an envi- A. I've created an environment where <laughs> I it's don't like, want to go anywhere. Yeah, it's like I like my bed, I like my pillow, I like my desk. Yeah. Even like we were obviously working at the computer at the table. It's like, like fuck this, this shit, not the same. This chair sucks. <laughs> this desk sucks. Yeah, my I laptop like, sucks. I like Amy's desk. <laughs> yeah, it would have been an upgrade. <laughs> so nice. I think we're live. We're on. We're on. <laughs> Benjamin. That's the new intro. Yeah, we've already done all the talking now before. <laughs> yeah, we've covered everything. Yeah. How are you, Nat? I haven't asked you how you are. I just we word just, vomited yeah. at you for half an hour. I good. I good. Just, I feel like just kind of like going back into regular life is mm. starting to feel normal again. Like, yeah. I'm like, huh, I feel good. Like, not overwhelmed. Yeah, anymore. everything's just like cruisy, which is good. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I, I we went away for four days over the weekend. Um, for the CDG charity event. Four days feels like a month now when we're oh. not used to being away. <laughs> yeah, so we did... Yeah, got there Friday. So we bro- drove to Bright, so that was like four-hour drive, so it was tight anyway. But then, mm-hmm. like, just exposure to people, and they're like, they're my people, but they're still people. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. <laughs> so by the end, I was just like... <sighs> yeah. I think, hey, yeah. Last night, Amy and I were just like... We just lay on the couch for like two days and do nothing. Yeah, mm. those weekends that you used to hate. It's like, can I have them back? Because I know, was really nice. <laughs> I know. I feel like that was me for the first like two or three weeks coming yeah. out, and like just now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can go to the gym, do my check-ins, <laughs> record a podcast, talk a lot, and still feel okay at the end of the day. Yeah, it's such a like good and bad time to have come out too because it's almost Straight Christmas. Into, I know. And like, I don't know about you. I don't know what actually happens on Valentine's Day, but like this time of year, birthdays and like every second day. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously leads into Christmas. So I know. It's, it's hectic, but it it's good. It's they definitely prefer this than the alternative. Being locked up in our houses. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like one extreme to the next and choose, pick your poison. Yeah. Which one? I think everyone's starting to roll back into the gym now. Mm, yeah, I think they're starting to get busier as well. Mm. Um, I was talking to someone like at a good life. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's like starting to pick up in a health club now, which is a good sign. Yeah. I think we had the discussion that it was like the people that had it in their top three priorities mm. were kind of finding a way to train all the way through. And now then they went back yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Now it's like that next couple. It's like the top, the top five. five. Yeah. And then the people that have to go. Like they don't love it, but they have, have they to know go. They have to go. Yeah. They're going to start to come through shortly, I think. Yeah. I think like you kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, like yeah. I have had my time now. Like I need to draw a line in the sand and like whether I want to or not, like yeah. I kind of got to get my shit together. So that'll come soon. Yeah. There's that like obviously conversation of like COVID weight, but mm. it's like post COVID weight is a thing as well. Yeah. It's like you can get out, you can drink, you can socialize, you it, can. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's it almost. Worse than the actual lockdown damage. Yeah, well, look, I've managed to. I was losing about half a kilo a week consistently, and since we've opened up, it has <laughs> plateaued. I haven't gained yet, but it's definitely plateaued. Yeah, no, I started my diet this week, and I was like, "Can I have one high day?" <laughs> <laughs> and Jace is like, "Yeah, all your other days are really low because you asked." Yeah, I was like, "Fine." Yeah, I was actually sitting across the table from him when he was doing that, <laughs> and he was like. Oof. Oh, well. <laughs> Too bad, Nat. <laughs> I go, can I please put my fat at 0.8, not 1? Yeah. And he goes, no, you can't. <laughs> no, I'll do what you want. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Do as you're told, Nat. I will. I will. Um, otherwise, 
We're you talking. You have to self coach. Yeah, I will. I, I will. I won't have one. Nice little awesome segue. Transition. Awesome transition. <laughs> I don't want to self coach. I tried before. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> um, so it would have been like a month ago now. Wow, that we At did least. that episode, which yeah. does not feel like a month ago. Um, where we spoke about training, um, in terms of like face to face training online coaching and self-coaching and we kind of like just touched on it very briefly um and I guess like most of the stuff that we talk about is through the lens of being a client Mm. um so what we wanted to do with this episode is kind of talk about what you would need to consider if you were that person who is self-coaching or maybe like you've had a coach before um so you've gone through that experience you kind of feel like you're equipped with enough knowledge but maybe need just like a little bit more of a refined system um, in order to get yourself to the next step. Because like I, I know I've done it before and I think that everyone kind of gets to that point where you – like what got you to where you are right now isn't going to get you where you want to go moving forward. So it's like what would we actually need to know? Like where do people commonly come undone and what do we need to do to fix that? Yeah, I think that previous episode we did was was valuable in terms of like – there's almost two types of self-coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about the mature approach today, but like don't get caught up in self-coaching isn't your first six months at the gym where you walk mm. around and use the same three pieces of don't equipment. Know what you're doing. Yeah. It's like that's just like you're lost going to the gym <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about like an, an educated approach and actually self-coaching not just like doing your own workouts difference being obviously you're actually probably mature after to in your training journey i mean to have had some education you've got some knowledge hopefully some systems in place and you know a Mm. little bit about what's going on um so you're you're plugging into a system that like you said you've either Mm. learned from a previous coach or coaches or courses or um maybe it's it's podcasts and youtube that you're picking up all this information from yeah there's just been some thought gone into it like and to be honest I think that that approach is very rare, which yeah. is obviously why we've gone and put together some resources to provide you guys with some steps to be able to facilitate that because most people sit in camp A where mm. like you don't really know what you're doing, you don't have a system, it's all like guesswork and there's just no real direction or clarity in terms of what needs to happen, which is why you get frustrated and disappointed with your results. Yeah, 100%. And it's the people I picture in my head is like, you're still doing bro splits. You're still mm. like eating bro foods and, and like you're a little f- bit confused in terms of like what the right decision to make next mm. is and what data do I look at and how do I track it? And it, it's like it becomes, it can quickly become an overwhelming mountain if yeah. you don't have that base. And I think as a coach as well or as people who want to be able to like, you know, provide people with what they need to deliver an outcome, a lot of these people have so much potential because yeah. they have like the work ethic, the drive, like they, they're motivated 90% of the time. Like, and even when they're not, they're going to do what they need to. But it's just like all of that energy is directed in the wrong area. Yeah. And it's like, you have so much fucking potential if you just did yeah. things in a more intelligent way. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And usually like you can be forgiven for staying there because those people that are self like intrinsically mm. motivated, they are, do have the work ethic, they have the consistency and all of that in place, which would probably be my checklist of like, mm. should you self-coach? Is yeah. like, are you intrinsically motivated mm. or do you need someone to be like, good hey. job at the end yeah. of every week or or, or motivate you, um, which is the word we hate anyway. <laughs> I know, I hate saying it, but I'm like, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, are you self-motivated? Do you bring the work ethic that you need to to your training? And are you already consistent? Yeah. If you have those three things in place, and you're willing to pursue education, I think self-coaching is a great pathway. I've done it quite a bit. I'm semi-doing it right now. Mm. Um, I have a running coach because I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Um, but like self-coaching... Yeah. <laughs> self-coaching in terms of like my weight sessions at least. Um, done it with my the first sanctioned... Well, the first three years really of, of powerlifting strength-focused training, I did it when I went into competition, I just consulted. Mm. Um, and even earlier than that, just like testing our own models, being a coach, it's like, I want to do this and make sure that it works and mm. where the drawbacks are, where where it's good, where it's shit to make it better for clients was mm. my kind of yeah. reason for it. 
and I've probably spent just as much time with a coach for the reason to be able to like, I don't want to fucking think about this. Yeah. Someone else tell me what to do. Just to outsource it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing enough people's programs I don't to want not to write, write my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, or if you, if I notice like I'm getting neurotic about it, like making changes every single week mm. and not sticking to programs and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, fuck, I probably should yeah. bring someone in to do this. So yeah, yeah I think, I think it's really valuable um, and rewarding and fun to do. So if anyone, if you are in that camp, it's like two coaches sitting here, mm-hmm. obviously tend to have the bias to like hiring a coach. You just said like, I've self-coached. I didn't like it. Yeah. I'm more happy. Um, I think it's a great way to pursue things, particularly based on your values. If one of those values is like learning or experimentation mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, then I think that's a great way to facilitate that. Yeah. If you life. do it properly, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so we obviously look at everything through our five pillars Mm. um, in terms of like what we need to tick off and how we're going to sort of drive those outcomes. So I think what we'll kind of do is I guess go through the common mistakes that we see or the obstacles that we see. And I can speak a lot from experience (laughs) (laughs) for the person who is like coaching themselves and then kind of like showcase the flip side of that. And it's like, what you would need to do in order to, you know, kind of change that direction and give yourself or put yourself in a better position to be able to, you know, make continuous progress. Because I think with a lot of people, uh, depending on where you are in terms of your training age and your journey, you can probably self-coach for a little while and make progress and have no real clue what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I think the key here is like that long-term ongoing progress and being able to set a goal, tick it off, set another goal, tick that one off and be totally confident in the method that you have because when you don't have that, then that's when you kind of like hit that plateau. Yeah, and it's interesting like if... I wrote a post this morning about like the compounding interest you earn when you train well, Mm. for example, like with technique. So it's like if your technique's off in that exercise and that exercise is supposed to do 10 different things, right? So it's, it's never just like unless it's maybe a leg extension. Mm. The goal isn't just like, this was a goblet squat. It's like the goal isn't just to train the quads. Mm. It's like train proprioception, change, train quads and glutes, train positioning of the torso, all that stuff that makes you better at a barbell movement, makes you stronger for this, makes you better this, Mm. improves proprioception and skill and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to that initial kind of, three to six months, 12 months almost, where you can do anything and get results. Mm. What you do inside that time is compounding into the what's coming up. Yeah. It's like you can squat like shit for six weeks and six months and still get a stronger squat, mm. but you're going to have to tear that squat down and rebuild it in that next block mm. if you didn't do it intelligently in the first one. Yeah, And I think that's where the value of like, if you're going to go down the self-coaching coaching route, you need to know what, what, you, what you're doing and yeah. do it with intent because like, yeah, sure, you can go in and get results for the first three to six months of training. Everyone can. But it's the interest that you earn post that newbie phase mm. that's worthwhile across all the pillars. Like obviously use training as an example, but across everything, yeah. how you approach everything. Um, yeah, like the five pillars, like you said, it's like mindset, training, programming, nutrition, lifestyle, like how you approach all of those things during that habit formation phase, which you would say is like three to six months for most people where that newbie phase mm. will reward you 12 months time. Yeah. And it's just kind of like doing things in an efficient way, like fast tracking your results. Like yeah. if you had two options and it was like, you can get the same result in six months or in 12 months, like which yeah. way are you going to take? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the, the, the crash diet thing. It's like, cool. You can, you can lose weight by eating fuck all you probably put some, if not all of it, back, back on. Back on, yeah. So it, with a slower approach versus that drastic approach, in six months' time, who's further ahead? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same same approach here. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because when I was kind of thinking about like the pillars and the common mistakes, funnily enough, the first one is mindset. And one of the first things that, I, that came to my mind was like that short-term vision yeah. of like, I'm just going to do this like – now because i can Mm. see like the acute return that i have without having like a broader perspective of like the long-term direction that you want to take which 
I mean, if no one's laying that out for you or if you don't have the maturity to be able to lay that out for yourself and see beyond the next 12-week phase, that's going to be really hard for you to put things in place because you don't have that vision. So I think that that goes a long way just in terms of your perception of your progress and what you actually want for yourself and being able to like future forecast things outside of just like, you know, instant gratification of the six-week result. Yeah. Yeah, I think like we'll obviously start to unpack the mindset whole concept. So the main areas we play with inside mindset is, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, is like growth mindset, ownership mindset, and then value-based goals. Mm-hmm. So like what you're talking about there is like having short-term goals that don't mean anything. Yeah. So a reflection of that and what like what should be a trigger for you or a red flag um, that's favorite red flags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what should, should raise, um, some questions is like language, like I can't, mm-hmm. or it's because, or I lost motivation or I fell off the wagon or whatever. Like those comments are like this pillar needs some work. Yeah. Like you need to pay attention to what's going on in this space right now. And I think it's even more important if you are coaching yourself that you have awareness around this because obviously if you're working with someone, you've got someone there to like point out your blind spots and kind of like pull you up on that stuff. But if you're on your own and I tend to find like I know that I was like totally there, it's like it's really easy to get into like a deflective mindset or a fixed mindset because no one's there to pull you up on it. And if you're resistant to that help because you think you don't need it or because you think you know everything, like that's – a telltale sign that you're you're in that like headspace, um, which I tend to find is really common for the person who is coaching themselves, and that's probably why yeah. you've kind of backed yourself into a corner and done it without any help. Yeah, it's that fixed mindset of I know what I'm doing mm. kind of idea lends itself to you being self coached anyway. So it's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. a high percentage of people who are self-coaching themselves right now that are self-coaching themselves because they don't need a personal trainer. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not based on the value of, well, I value growth or education or learning or something like that really highly. So Mm. I'm actually going to pursue this based on that. It actually comes from almost like an ego position of like, fuck a PT. Yeah, you just read my mind. I was going to say like, that's a big ego check. Mm. Um, If you're someone who is thinking in that way or um, can't see the value in getting some external support. Yeah, because it's like the some of the best coaches in Australia that I know have coaches. Mm. Mm. So it's like you, it's it's silly to say, I fucking know what I'm doing. Like coming from that approach, like I particularly like I know better. Yeah. It's like maybe you just haven't found the right coach, but it, it's pretty unlikely that you've got it all on lock as much as some of, like I said, Australia's best coaches and athletes that have coaches themselves as well. Yeah. Uh, there's different benefits to that. So just, I guess the first message would be check that, mm. make sure that you're doing this for the right reason, that it's not an ego thing to do it. It's it's out of, I think curiosity is the best yeah. way to approach it. Yeah. It's like, I'm really curious what I could do if I did this myself, mm. what I could learn, what I could take away what, how else it could benefit me from a value standpoint and then approach it from there. Yeah, I think if, you, if you're someone who is invested in like coaching yourself and you know, you're reluctant to get a coach or you want the like, I guess it's like the um, validation of like doing it for yourself and feeling really good about that and feeling empowered by that and the responsibility, then I think it's kind of, important for you to reflect on why you want that and is it coming from a place of you know like I want to do this and I want to be right or I don't want to be I don't want to be told that I'm doing something wrong so I'm not just not going to ask a question like I think um, I know Jay says this a lot it's like we stop asking questions as we get older because we don't want to be told that we're wrong and it's yeah. like well you've got to have a think about yeah why you're refusing to get that help and is there maybe some sort of like ego death that happens when you are told that you're wrong or when you need to change the way that you're doing things because you don't like to hear that. So a lot of that is just like, you know, reflecting on where you sit and I guess like what the reason is and where that kind of sits in alignment with your values. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's there's maybe one other person who is self-coached who has a, another, I guess, thing to think about inside their mindset pillar is personal trainers slash coaches who are scared that mm. with, I sh- I'm a coach, so I should know. And if I don't, 
if if I have to hire a coach, then why would my clients hire me? Because I, they've just hired the coach that I've mm, got. Yeah. It's like I've never had some <laughs> clients. Hey, like uh, I said, I've, I've been training for eleven years, coaching ten of those. Mm. In that ten years, I've never had someone go over my head to my coach and be like, oh, "I didn't want to work with Ben because he works with you, and so I chose you instead." It's like yeah. it's never happened. Um, and like I said, that most of the best coaches in Australia have coaches as well. So mm. it's so much based on relationship, et cetera, that it's not, you're not going to lose clients because you have a coach. Mm. If anything, you're going to get rapid acceleration in your quality as a coach because in theory, you've sought out someone who's down the line, at least in that area, further than you. Mm. Like... I've had a coach the last three years. You've had a coach probably the same period of time. Yeah. Jason's got a coach. I coach Tam. Yeah. Like, we've all sort of like got them and I, I, it's fair to say that we do okay with our coaching mm. businesses as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a little bit of insecurity there that I should know what I'm doing. So I don't want to ask someone else to coach me and help. Yeah, 100%. And I think they're like just looking at I guess like the community that we have there's a lot of um people out there that are both like trainees and coaches um or even studying like I know even with inside of my own coaching um community there's a lot of my own clients who are either studying nutrition or starting to be PT and it's like they're the growth that they have from having someone in their corner even if it is just from their own training perspective accelerates what they're going to do inside of their own business so again it's just thinking about how you're viewing these things and yeah. what position you're sitting in is it that fixed mindset is it growth mindset yeah. um and how are you coming at that yeah and then inside of that like if those all if those boxes are all ticked i think what most people will look for is a community mm. so it's like well where can i belong and do this mm. it's like you're probably maybe making friends on instagram to create like relationships with people maybe you're seeking courses or facebook groups or whatever that it's like well if i plug into this Mm. there's a network of other people that think like me you listen to the podcast that's one it's like where where are all these people hanging out that are also doing this thing that i can bounce ideas off and Mm. have conversations with and learn from while you execute this quote unquote by yourself it's inside of a community which i think gives way more value um like i've done it in the past where it's just like a consultative process yeah it's like can you tell me this is okay because i'm gonna look over it and over and over again and change it so i think yeah plugging into i want the like you said the fulfillment and the reward from doing this myself but i'd like to be part of a community that's going to allow me to get the most out of it Yeah, and that's what we spoke about in like the previous episode mostly, which was, you know, having a support network to be able to bounce ideas off, um, even just to see or get um, ideas off other people, what they're doing, have someone in your corner. I mean, like we all know that this isn't always going to go perfect and like shit will hit the fan at some point. So even if it's not a coach who's like keeping you accountable as such, it can be really valuable to have like just a community or a group of people or even a community inside of that network, like, you know, who you resonate with most that you can kind of just touch base with and chat to each other about what's going on. It can be really helpful to have people on the same page as you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Cool. I think that pretty much sums up where you would be aiming to get to if you're you're not already and you want to self-coach, like they're the boxes that you want to tick off. Yeah. So the next one that we have is training. So this is a really big one. Um, I think a lot of this can kind of be alleviated by just, you know, outsourcing or broadening your um, education and I guess like what you have access to. So I tend to find the people that go wrong inside of their training and what they're doing is just simply because they don't know like they have never been told or they've never actually taken the time to have a look at, you know, what they're doing and what might be different and how to sort of better um, move and how to, how to train better because they just haven't yet sort of like looked down that avenue. And like I was 100% guilty of it where it's just like, I don't want to be told again that I'm wrong. Yeah. So I'm just going to do what I've always done and kind of just hope that that like is enough to get me where I want to go. And I think that if you are invested in this, 
which you should be if you're coaching yourself, then like there's got to be a little bit of extra time and attention going into what you're actually doing with, you know, executing your training. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's training's one of those ones that it's you're going to have to put in time and effort there. Mm. And I think even if you particularly these days with online coaching, like and even if you're doing PT, it's unlikely that you're going to have someone watching you train all the time. Mm. And if you choose to be self coaching, you've got to be the one that's assessing the quality of how you're training. Yeah. So that means Filming your lifts. It doesn't mean filming your lifts to post them on Instagram. It mm. means filming your lifts, fucking double tapping and being able to slide the bar across and look in detail at where it's good, where it's not mm. good. Then it's also, okay, well, if that's breaking down, what do I need to do? There's no one else there to give you a cue or an exercise mm. or whatever to fix something. It means, all right, I need to go find out why is my... Why am I hip shifting to the left in my squat? I need to go find out what the causes of that could be, what interventions I might need to put in place. Then you'll need to do them and you'll need to review them. Mm. So having some kind of systemic Mm. model in place to be able to firstly assess your movement, which we did an episode on, I think it was last time I was on, was assessing your own technique. So what to actually look for. So we talk about reference lines. We won't unpack it all today. Go back and listen to that episode. But it's like, it's a systemic, a systematic way of looking at how do I move, ticking, crossing Mm. those boxes off. Then, okay, we've got the progression regression model. Again, which we talked about in that same episode. And we've got blogs online if you want to go check those out as well, just at stcfit.com. And it's like, okay, well, do I need to regress the exercise or do I just need a cue mm. to make that better? Making that decision needs to happen yourself. Yeah. You've got to make that call. It's not up to the coach anymore. Um, so I think the you have to be willing and able to invest the effort and the time that both of those things require. And like we said at the start, if you value learning, mm. that's fun. If yeah, you, you find enjoy that, that process. And that's great. Like this is the 100% the place that you should be nerding out on all of this shit mm. like we do. Yeah. And I guess like the thing here as well with training is that it's ever evolving. Like mm. you've got to understand that you're not going to do your squat perfect for one week and like that's it. Like your squat is perfect forever and you never need to change it. You never need to fix Fuck, it. I wish. Exactly. <laughs> I know. The holy grail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like you... I think that where a lot of people become undone is that, you know, you might get to a certain like loading or, you know, you might get to a point where you're like, I'm really happy with this. And then the progression stops because as soon as you add more weight, like another breakdown happens and you don't know how to fix that. So I'll just do what I did last time because it looked good when I did 50 kilos, not 70 kilos. So I'll just do 50 kilos because I'm happy with that. So then we don't have, like you said, a system to go back and kind of pinpoint where things are actually breaking down and have a method there to be able to like fine tune that and allow you to progress. Otherwise you're just stuck doing the same shit forever Yeah. because it's ever evolving and you've got to be able to yeah pinpoint what's happening, where things are going wrong. Otherwise you will, you'll just get stuck doing the same shit and that's where training gets boring. You don't want to do it anymore because you're plateauing and yeah. you know, you either get a coach or you stop. Yeah. And I think within that is like we, we start to develop this like, we call them niggles mm. where it's determining between a niggle and I uh, will say an injury or mm. a dysfunction is like when you do a thing and it starts to hurt, it's probably a niggle. Mm. If it hurts all the time before and or after training, it's like, you got a problem. that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. um, so niggles come about from poor movement or poor exercise selection or, or whatever. Exercise selection obviously falls into the programming side of things. Mm. But knowing what exercises work for you is going to be based on how you move and Mm. knowing how you move and knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are. So how you train will influence the next pillar, which is going to be programming. Mm. So I see a lot of people that are self-coach, but not in the way we're kind of describing it today. That it's like my shoulder hurts when I overhead press. So now I overhead press at 70% on the bench, like an incline. And then you see him three months later it's like oh now my incline bench is at 45 percent because my shoulder hurts at 70 percent now it's like okay so avoidance isn't treatment Mm -hmm. here you've kept doing the thing that's fucking your shoulder but you haven't actually gone away and gone okay what's happening 
Yeah, well, it's the same thing as like this hurts when I squat, so I just squat half half weight. Yeah. It's like you're still squatting and it doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not yeah. it. And you're not making any progress anymore because you're you not to close progress. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we mentioned at the start like being um, like self-motivated and having the the effort in the gym, like being able to train hard. And we talk about like proximity of failure and stuff like that. So most trainable outcomes are going to happen between three and zero reps in reserve Mm. or in RPE speak, it's like seven to 10. So if you're training by yourself, not with the coach to hold you accountable, you need to learn where that is Mm. and you need to learn when it's appropriate to go to zero, Mm. when it's appropriate to stay at three, when, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of the main two ones. When it's also appropriate to not go anywhere near those and just mm. practice a skill yeah, or and improve like a function. What you would do that for. Yeah. It's like your, what you actually program to be your like top set of squats shouldn't be backed down because you can't do it because you're in pain mm. and taken as a skill exercise. So yeah. like you got to have a more refined way to like, you know, put those things in place in terms of like exercise selection and the purpose of like what you're actually doing. So now we're sort of trying starting to get into the programming side of things, but it all kind of plays into one another. And if you don't have a seamless kind of transition and you know what you're working with, then that's just going to hold you back. Um, and yeah. it's really going to make it challenging for you to be able to progress and even just stay healthy, like longevity within your training. Yeah. So uh- just to give a, a practical use for that for for the listeners, like pretty much skill and function, skill in particular is like 30% of your max load to up to about 60, 70 is going to be the optimal adaptation. Outside of that, you're going to start to not get as much from a skill standpoint. Function, when we talk about training for function, it's not like fucking wobble board stuff. <laughs> it's just your intent is to getting getting your joints in your body to move together as a unit collectively, which particularly like for a strength athlete or a, a bodybuilder, we don't do that very often. Mm. We always tease Jason for being a tin man. Yep. It's like close your eyes and march and left <laughs> arm, left hand, left knee lifts. It's like, uh, you probably no should do that the opposite way, bro. Um, so it's teaching your body to still operate as a human that it makes sense in your head. It's like, well, I'm not going to fucking take that balls to the wall. Mm. Hypertrophy work, most of that is going to be in a machine or some kind of external stability, low risk mm. in terms of the exercise, low, typically low overall like systemic fatigue, if you mm. want to talk about it that way. So not maximum effort loads mm. in terms of like how much intensity, weight on the bar. That's going to be lower. So you can go to fucking town on that. Mm. That's going to be like two to zero reps in reserve most sets. Then strength, it's like, okay, lifting really heavy weights mm. with a barbell comes with a degree of risk, comes with a degree of systemic fatigue greater than that of hypertrophy. So maybe you just need to back that down a little mm. bit. Maybe it's four to two instead yeah. of two to zero. So knowing how to place those out in, in your training and when to go and when not to go, if you're self-coached, you need to have that baseline of information mm. and then you'll learn and you'll learn quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. That's going to work. I'll change yeah. that next week. <laughs> I wrote a barbell program and went to zero rep in reserve <laughs> for a week I'm and broken. now I fucking don't want to train and my digestion sucks and yeah. all of those things start to come into play and you're like, oh, okay, I've, I've fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like when it comes to training, there's a lot that, if you ha- again, if you haven't looked into it, you don't know. Like you don't know what you don't know. So it's important that you know you're invested in doing this for yourself. Like you've got to be able to apply the time, the effort, the energy to investigating all of those things. Otherwise, the alternative is getting stuck doing something generic, something that's not specific to the goals that you want, something that's not going to allow you to get optimal results. And you know, eventually, you'll just get frustrated with what's happening, or you'll get injured. Or you'll just resort back to maybe, you know, like needing a coach or needing someone to kind of do that for you because you don't have the tools to be able to do that for yourself. Yeah. So the checklist for effective self-coaching under under training is going to be knowing and understanding technique, knowing how to assess and review technique, having the skill set to then go find solutions for it, knowing how hard to train when. Mm. 
If you can tick all of those boxes, great. If you can't and you want to self-coach, that's where you need to put your energy inside mm. that and make sure you're getting there right. Yeah, and just a little like side plug, we have got resources everywhere for all of those things. So like yeah. the podcasts, the blogs, yeah. there'll be YouTube coming soon because um, yeah. it is a lot to unpack. Mm. I mean, we've got a course based on this and yeah. it's a lot of information. So um, you can take your time and go through that with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next one we move on to would be programming. So, what are people, first glance, what are people fucking up when it comes to programming? I think that pro, the value of a program is almost under, well, it is undervalued for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think that obviously like we're coaches and we're writing these day in, day out and we know the variables that we're working with. But if you maybe haven't worked with a coach before, um, you've only kind of been exposed to like the more PDF based stuff or an app or something. It's like knowing what you're working with is just, it's not common knowledge. Yeah. Um, we've done a podcast on it before. I think there's like eight or nine variables that we speak about. And it's like all of those things, every single one of them needs to be at least thought about or considered when you're putting something down on paper. And too many people are just looking at a program as my exercises and my rep selection and like that's all that I need. That's all I need. Like I just need to know what I'm doing and how many times I'm doing it, my sets and my reps and that's it. And I guess like again, it's one of those things that it might work for a a very short period of time but at some point it won't and we need to have a better understanding of like what variables we're manipulating and what we can influence based on your goal because your goals will change as well Mm. so it's like how do i change all of these things based on my goal right now in order to get you headed in the direction that you want to go in yeah and there's a there's an overwhelming wave that comes with learning programming that's like understanding complexity creates simplicity Mm. and i really like that there's a lot of complexity in programming Mm. there's heaps of it like we could do fucking 10 episodes just Mm. on programming and it's variables the key thing I think that you need to have is a method. Mm. Every single method that is effective um, and well thought out covers two things. First one being the said principle. So said means specific adaptation to impose demand. So whatever is in your program is there for a reason. Mm. You know what that reason is and you've selected it not because I like it. Yeah, or I saw someone else do it. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you ask, I, I always say like, ask one more question. Mm. It's like we saw the other day, uh, I won't name the influencer, <laughs> posted a leg extension video and was like, if I turn my feet out here, this happens. And if I turn my feet in here, this happens. Like, ask one more question. Mm. What the fuck does the quad do? Yeah. Well, it extends at the knee. Does my foot position really change anything above the knee? No. Okay, so that's stupid. Yes. Move on. <laughs> so, yeah, specific ad- um, specific adaptation to impose demand. Every single good programming model on earth adheres to that. So that would be step one. The next one is you can call it the, um, I call it the SRA curve. It's also referred to as the gas syndrome. So SRA means stress recovery adaptation. So when you go in and train, you create stress, then you have a what is it stress recovery adaptation Mm -hmm. then you have a recovery phase where you're detrained so the the best way to kind of picture this if i took nat into the gym tomorrow and was like hey we're doing 10 sets of 10 squats off you go i'm out (laughs) (laughs) too much cardio i don't wanna (laughs) and then the next day we came in and said hey nat you're doing the same weight same reps go again the likelihood of you being able to do that unless you sandbagged is very, very low, right? So we intuitively know that there's a period of time where we've reduced our ability to perform. So that is that stress phase. Recovery obviously takes time. We talk about diet and all that other stuff in a moment, but there's a recovery period that is required there. Then we have the adaptation phase where basically there will be a time that Nat is better equipped for that 10 by 10 than she was the first time she did it. The caveat to that is if Nat isn't in a position right now to actually handle 10 by 10 and it created too much stress and I wasn't able to recover, I never get to the adaptation phase. Mm. So I've detrained myself. So if I was then to get Nat to do 10 by 10 again, she'd underperform and or get injured. Mm. Excuse me. So if we can go, right, 
everything in my program is there for a very specific reason, considering a very specific outcome. And that comes back to what the exercise is. Like you said earlier, the rep range, the load I'm using, the rep in reserve, and how each part of that intricate process ties in with all the other workouts mm. and the phase you did before and the phase you're going to do next and the goal you have right now, your nutrition status, your recovery status, all of those things are considered. If you've got that, then we just need to kind of go, all right, based on recovery status and all of that stuff, how hard can I drive this needle? Mm. How much volume slash intensity slash effort can I drive and still create adaptation? So I think most people that go down the road of writing programs do too much. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking as you're talking about all of this. I think that the biggest problem with the person who's coaching themselves is that you might not be getting an outcome. So the only thing you can think of is I need to work harder and Mm. I need to do more. So you almost end up overtraining, which again, counterproductive. um, But it does come with the nature of trying to do things by yourself and not getting a result and having another, not having another way to manage things. It's like, fuck, I've got nothing else to do. So let's just add another day of training or let's just work harder. And at some point, like your recovery capacity isn't going to allow for that. Um, And I also think that like the other thing that you mentioned was, I guess, like not looking at your program in isolation. Mm. It's like it is part of a bigger picture, again, in alignment with your nutrition, your lifestyle, your recovery, all of these other factors. And it's like if you're just putting something on paper and not taking into account those other variables, then you're likely to run into that wall a lot sooner than what you should. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 funny like because none of this is said with judgment and I said earlier, I've been a PT for 10 years. We've just moved from powerlifting into a conditioning mm. block. I'm training with Tam. <laughs> and how many workouts have we walked in and been like, all right, so we've got this, this, this and this and we've got five rounds and we all go, all right, sweet. And we do the first round and go, three? <laughs> Definitely fucking three. <laughs> and then even the comments usually like, oh, we'll just, tape, we'll just taper it up over the block. We'll be fine. <laughs> and you get to the next week, you're like, three? <laughs> Definitely fucking doing three. So yeah, like even experienced people have this where, yeah. and I think that is a, an important lesson to learn coming back to, for me, it's programming a really different style that I don't necessarily have a clear method as to what I'm doing. Mm. It's like, what looks good on paper doesn't always look good in the real world. Mm. So it's being able to have some form of data where it's like subjective in terms of how you felt, how it went, all that kind of stuff, but also objective data where it's like, what did your performance do? Mm. Were you getting better every week? Have you continuously gotten stronger? Have you built the muscle and all of that that you wanted to? Are you fitter in my case? Mm. Are you actually a human being instead of the fridge? (laughs) Like those things are, are important to consider with programming as well that it's unlikely if you're new to this mm. that you will write the perfect program, go in and execute and be like, fucking nailed it. Yeah. And not change anything. Mm. Yeah. Like you just said, for you, it's kind of goal specific because it's like you've never really worked towards this goal and it's mm. something different. So you don't really know what variables you're playing with. And I think a lot of the, like the person that we're talking to, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, what are you looking for inside of a performance strength-based goal? What yeah. are you looking for? What variables matter when you're working with a physique goal? And when we have a base level understanding of the fundamentals of programming, and then we can kind of dissect that in terms of, you know, f- physique, body composition and strength and, you know, performance-based, then we can kind of know what we're looking for and how to fine-tune that based on the goal. But when you don't know those variables, it makes it really hard for you to know what you're kind of playing with and what direction you want to go in. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys just did the physique programming episode. Yeah. We'll have a strength one coming out. Also, if you want to um, go really deep into the weeds, we've got a programming for coaches episode on SDC Fit Learning as well um, and the variables inside that. So that's us talking to PTs on how to do that. Mm. So if, you, if you're if you at a level now where you think, oh, I'm, I've got it pretty well, you can jump over there and learn from that as well. Um, like Nat said, there's resources everywhere on yeah. this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what I'm thinking about. I know how to execute in the gym. I've got an okay program. I know what I'm doing there. Nutrition is the next step, right? Mm. So someone who's taking care of their own nutrition, biggest pros, biggest cons. I think that 
the cons or I guess like the mistakes that I typically see is again just a really um, acute vision of what's happening Mm. so it's like this is what's happening inside the next six weeks and that's all I've planned for which means that what's happening inside of those six weeks isn't done in context with anything else so the decisions that you're making the way that you've set things up are done without a rational logical time frame so you can't look at what you're saying right now and say it's okay that I've cut my calories down to 1400 for six weeks because I have an exit strategy and I know that once I'm done with that I'm going to diet break for four weeks and I'll have a maintenance phase and once I'm done with that I'm going to go into a surplus and I know that I can see the bigger picture so compliance to my 1400 calories I can probably commit to that. Yeah. Whereas if you're going into this just thinking, I need to eat 1,400 calories because that's what I saw on Instagram and I don't know anything else mm. that I should be doing and I'm just going to do that for as long as I physically can and then call it and that's it. You don't really know where to go to from there. It's like you're not going to comply with it because you don't know what you're doing, why you're doing it and what the plan out of that is. So like you're not going to stick to it so you're not going to see a result and Two, it's almost going to be a rebound approach. So it's like I do this, I fall off, I'm going to do it again because last time I wasn't disciplined enough. Hmm. Going to try it again, probably fall off again and that's where we get this back and forth. And I think that a lot of that comes from not having a bigger vision and a bigger plan in terms of like what you're working towards. Yeah, I think that is the one thing that, the highest percentage of people get wrong. Yeah. It's not having, and to be honest, in the coaching land as well, it's not having a plan and not thinking of these approaches as phases. Mm. You have to have a phasic approach to your, they say diets don't work, right? Like 96% of diets mm. fail. I would say 98% of diets don't have a phase-based strategy. Like you, you spoke about what you mm. do after even before. Yeah. It's like dropping to 1,200 calories, 1,400 calories is not the time to create habits. Yeah. You should already have them. Yeah. Like you should already know whatever your method of measuring your intakes is. Like we use a hand plan and macros or whatever else. If you want to use a, a diet plan or whatever, mm. like you should have that under control before those calories go down. You should yeah. know, okay, well, this is roughly where my maintenance is, which that means... 20, 30, even if you want to go crazy, 40% deficit is here. Mm. And then for a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, Nat said 1,400. It's like, yeah, but mm. like 1,400 is an 80, a, a strong-ass deficit for Nat. 1,400 for me is death. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not the same thing. Yeah. So understanding like, well, and you're putting yourself through all of this pain for what reason to lose extra muscle mass that you mm. spent so much time and effort to build yeah and then like a lot of more and more now and i don't know about yourself but i'm getting more and more people that are like coming to me it's like so what are your goals and i'm waiting for like well, you know i just want to lose lose a little bit of weight tone up blah 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 and it's like i want to build muscle and i want to be strong mm. and i'm like yeah Fuck yeah <laughs> let's go yeah um but it's there's more and more people that want to do that that don't have the education of like no no, no you actually have to eat a appropriate amount of food to create new mm. tissue eating in a deficit means removing tissue from your body mm. eating in a surplus means adding tissue from your body we could do other stuff where we manipulate what type of tissue that is but having the awareness of right now maintenance phase mm. i'm focusing on performance and habit formation and like if it's after a phase of locking in everything i just mm. did yeah, I think when you said like, you know, what's the biggest con when it comes to nutrition? A lot of people, and you see it on social media all the time, it's like low-calorie diets are the worst thing in the world. And it's like, no, that's the symptom of not planning things properly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look, there's nothing wrong with a low-calorie diet when it's applied properly. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not going to advocate for a 1,200-calorie <laughs> diet for everyone because a very small percentage of people will actually be able to comply with it. And if you're coaching yourself, you're going to know whether or not that's you and what approach is better for you. But part of that is having the context to apply that to. So it's like, that's not the problem. The Mm. low calorie diet or the way that you're eating, the preference, like none of these things that might get portrayed to be the problem with nutrition or diet culture or whatever. 
the fuck people say the problem is with nutrition. It's like, it's yeah. not. It's that you can't apply that to like a logical context and that's where the problem is. Yeah. And I got a message last week from a client who had had, she'd had PTs um, and then had kind of self-coached her and done challenges and this app and that app and, and mm. whatever. Would kind of almost be on the cusp of thinking about doing this. Mm. Um because she knew what macros were. She knew how to track them. She knew... She trains pretty well. She moves okay. Like, she could probably figure out a program to start mm. from at least. The last four or five years, she'd been getting a yearly iron injection. Mm. She had chronically low iron. Um, after... I think I've been working with her now for about 14 weeks. We've lost... We only lost, I think, two kilos. But she's lost eight centimeters off her waist and 10 centimeters off her hips. Went to the doctor... Cool, we just need to do your bloods before. She booked her iron injection straight away because she knows every year she needs it. And look, I'm not saying that it was the only thing. Maybe something else. Like, I'm not a do- mm. fucking doctor. I'm not... Like, <laughs> I have a, a baseline <laughs> nutrition qualification that if you're otherwise healthy, I can advise you on what to eat. Go and see your dietitian if shit is up in the air. So, doctor came back and said, cancel your iron booking because you mm. don't need it. It's like, well, what changed? Well, I'm eating 800 calories a week, a day, sorry, more than I have been for the last four years. Mm. And I'm continuously losing weight or losing body fat, maintaining-ish weight, increasing performance, getting stronger, building muscle. I had the, the first client ever to say, hey, my glutes are getting too big. They do less glute work. I was like, what? Are you sure? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and that is a representation of Again, we call it diet culture. I think it's just poor application of mm. what dieting should be. Yeah. Of just, I have to be dieting all the time mm. and not taking a structured approach. And it's like, this isn't stuff to fuck around with. Mm. Like, I've got six girls working with me who, within the last four to six months, didn't have a menstrual cycle or mm. didn't get their period. Probably a better way to say that. Yeah. And now they do. Because yeah. they eat food, yeah, and they do th- when they've still done diets, they've yeah, still so done common. cuts, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've done it when they need to, with a setup phase, an exit strategy, a plan afterwards. Mm. And I think if you're doing this by yourself, you need to. The hardest part is going that little bit extra through mm. the bullshit that is Instagram post influences, etc., and even. I don't like shitting on our industry, but even just like a little bit further than maybe the coach that had you on a diet for a year mm. and just finding what's the real information. Yeah. How do I set this up over yeah. a long period of time? Yeah. Again, it comes down to outsourcing the relevant information that you need, especially when it comes to nutrition. Like you said, you can fuck some shit up long term, like, and it, it's really not worth it just to lose a bit of body fat. So it's yeah. worthwhile investing the extra time to go and learn that. Cause once you know it, you know it for good. Like, mm. You know, things, information might change um, and you'll obviously stay up to date with that if you care enough. Um, but once you know it, once you have enough information, you'll be able to call out the bullshit and you won't get sucked into to the stupid diets or, you know, the, the training, uh, sorry, the nutrition plans or the challenges or whatever it is because you understand what you're working with so you can make more logical decisions around your nutrition. Yeah, we laugh about nutrition in that like <laughs> when it comes up to either writing about or talking about nutrition, we're kind of like, yeah, Because right. <laughs> it's like once you've seen the matrix, you've seen it. Yeah, it's you like can't unsee it. Yeah. yeah, it's like this isn't that exciting of a topic now because I get it. Mm. But it, it's funny how excited we used to be when about yeah. shit that made no sense and didn't work. Like, mm. yeah, complex methods and stuff like that that realistically now we look back at and go, it wasn't the most effective way to do it. Realistically, all we did was manipulate calories and mm. that's why we got the outcomes. Well, I always get clients who are like, are you sure this is all we need to do? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, but it sounds so much more complicated on social media. Yeah. And I'm like, and did that work? Yeah. <laughs> no. Is this working? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's go with this. Yeah, but the simple method, again, there's a trillion dollar industry in dieting. Yes. So it's like, it doesn't really, yeah, doesn't really work. Yeah. yeah. My little argument with that is like, I don't think diet culture... I think diet culture is a symptom mm. we talked about earlier of asking the next question. Yeah. It's like, 
But we used to, and I'll put my hand up and say we were fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a protocol that was like you can't eat carbohydrates and fats at the same time. Yeah. Because if you eat them together, you have a higher propensity of storing body fat and you should just focus on one. So we were having six meals a day because metabolism. <laughs> so three of them were protein and fat, three of them were protein and carbohydrate. Ask one more question. Have you eaten carbohydrates and fats in the same meal before and not been fat. <laughs> yes. So do you think that's the fucking problem? <laughs> no. Like it doesn't make sense, yeah. right? It's like, so yeah, you, that one more question process applies in all of these pillars, but very, very important in nutrition. Very, very important if you're getting your information from social media and not reliable courses, etc. Mm. Even them, like sometimes, mm. um, there's a lot of that that's like, how much easier is it to sell a seminar where I come in and go, right, the reason you don't have the body composition you want is because you don't separate your carbs and fats. Mm. Go and do this and it's going to all unravel for you. I know you've tried everything, but this is it. Mm. That is an easier ticket to sell than come and learn how to manage energy balance, be reactive with your nutrition around yeah. your menstrual cycle and be consistent over a long period of time. Mm. It's like people. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, it's like, what? You want me to take responsibility? <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's a... Battle for us. Yeah, something <laughs> something you've got to sieve through if you want to take care of nutrition yourself. You've got to understand that. Yeah, and just not be willfully blind and mm. gullible. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Always ask more questions. Yeah, yeah. So, that leads us to the last one, which is lifestyle so i guess this kind of falls under the bracket of you know sleep stress um management and recovery so i think we've all of the things that we've spoken about all of the problems that we've kind of spoken about kind of lead themselves up to lifestyle um where it's like if we're overtraining, we're under eating you know where our program is inducing a shit ton of fatigue we feel under recovered we yeah. can't support what we need to in order to get the result that we want. You might have, um, I guess like, well, we all have other things outside of training that we need to commit to. So whether that's a job, family, kids, relationship, mm. you know, whatever it is, it's like we've got other things that we need to expend energy in order to commit to. And it's like, if we can't balance all of these things, like it's a fucking recipe for disaster. And yeah. I will be the first person to say that I have been there and it is the fucking worst place to be. Mm. Um, I remember when I was kind of like, coaching my coaching myself um and i just finished up with my coach and it was almost like a six month stint i'd finished up i was burnt out quit my job had all of this external stress happening and it was like i couldn't get out of bed like yeah. i can't even get myself out of bed to go and go for a walk let alone go and train or you know do all anything else productive go to work or whatever it might be so it's like the combination of all of the other previous pillars going wrong mm. is almost what leads to lifestyle just absolutely imploding. Yeah, it's, it's a weird two-way street there, hey. It's mm. like do too much with don't have the right mindset, train too hard or, or don't manage training effectively is probably a better way of saying it. Um, have a poor program, don't manage nutrition well, lifestyle is going to be impacted. Yeah. Flip side of that is don't manage... Rec- lifestyle not going not able to mm. maximize the program actually train hard repetitively and you'll start thinking and feeling weird shit because mm. like the recovery is not taken care of yeah i think um the best analogy i have for it and we introduced the sra curve before so if you picture like a graph and you have a dot is where you started and then we do that 10 by 10 session we have a line that sort of drops down in like a, the shape of a, a curve, curved line that drops down and then comes back up and meets that line, goes over that line a little bit. We call that like a valley is under the line, right? If you take a, a picture, a jug, and into that jug, we have like positive recovery things. Sleep is the biggest one. Mm. Nutrition is in there as well. Then from a lifestyle, and we, we work with people who tend to be high achievers in general if you're taking this serious and you want to self-coach and maximize the outcomes it's a good chance you're probably that way inclined as well which means you probably go pretty hard in the rest of your life as well Mm. 
So you have external stresses mm. that you, so positive is going to be, well, how do I offset that? Things like journaling, grateful logs, to-do lists, all of those little like meditation, 1% those one percent yeah. that actually getting enough sunlight, um, all of that type of thing is going to help. So that's what we're pouring into this jug and that's how we're going to fill it. On the bottom of that jug, we have a hole. Mm. Everyone's hole is a different size based on their life. And that is all of your external stresses. It's the relationship stress, it's work stress, it's alcohol, maybe bad food choices, it's um, being on fucking social media too much, it's whatever else. Yeah, (laughs) it's whatever else that you're allowing in, not even allowing that is happening Mm. around you. If that hole becomes too big, the jug is draining faster than it's filling. Mm. And if the the amount of recovery or some of recovery inside that jug doesn't fill the valley in the SRA curve, you don't make progress. Mm. So there's two ways that we can improve those outcomes. One, improve your recoverability, more sunlight, more sleep, more relaxation, more meditation, more whatever it is to f- help fill that jug. Or, and we can close the hole up, mm. remove some external stresses from our life, eat better, stay away from alcohol, um, create better habits, all those kind of things. We close that hole up so you're not losing that precious recovery that you're putting in. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to being proactive. So again, having the, having the lifestyle factors on lock inside of your day-to-day routine. So it's like, you know, knowing what your sleep schedule looks like and that sleep routine and are you waking up and getting sunlight and how does that actually look on a day-to-day basis the flip side of that is like if you don't have some of the other stuff on lock inside of your programming your nutrition management your um like the mindset stuff if you're not doing that then the sleep schedule and the the like to-do list and the gratitude log that you have isn't going to do too much yeah so it's like we've got to have a combination where we're being proactive in terms of things that we do on a day-to-day basis so it's like our routines and our habits that make up like our our lifestyle and the the things that we have in place to almost streamline that so it's like if we haven't got our program on lock and if we're inducing too much fatigue and if we've got a poor victim mindset deflective mindset and we're not eating enough food and we're all of these things that happen that almost like formulate the structure of our lifestyle if that's not in place then the to-do list and the gratitude isn't going to do too much. So I think that it's important that we recognize like, you know, what actually makes up the structure of how we put these things together and what actually happens practically on a day-to-day basis and what do I need to manage and actually tick off consistently to almost uphold that standard. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize we call these pillars Mm. for a reason. They're not like... It's not a pyramid. They're yeah. pillars. Yeah. Each one of those are as, each one of these are as important as the other, and they all need to come together to hold up. If you are picturing like what I'm picturing, beams, pillars mm. holding up a building or, or a rock or something, that is your outcome. It's holding up you being absolutely shredded and strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you don't have all of those in place, then like it's going to be off balance. The likelihood, the more of those that go missing, the more likely it's going to be a, a total collapse. But to have the maximum outcomes, you need to have all five of those in place. Mm. Yeah, 100%, which is, yeah, exactly like you said. It's why we're never going to sit there and be like, this is the one thing that you need to do to effectively coach yourself or to get yourself a result. It's like a little bit more effort needs to be invested into managing a lot more variables than that. Yeah. So the one thing you could do <laughs> Again with the sneaky segue. <laughs> the one thing, the one thing you could do to achieve all of this uh, would be our be bulletproof program. So, essentially, what we've thought about is what does everyone need slash want to know to get their their outcomes. Now, mm-hmm. this course isn't designed only for to be for people who are self coaching, but it's what you would need to do it effectively is included in it. Mm-hmm. So, if you wanted to learn everything we just talked about and you still want to have a coach like Nat and I, like mm-hmm. we know it and we're just like, nah, fuck that, sounds hard. I'd rather have <laughs> someone else do it. Um, then this course allows you then to know and understand what's coming to you from your coach and maybe even have like a better relationship, like a two-way relationship with your coach where you're mm-hmm. a little bit more aware of what's going on and you can create more dialogue with them. Alternatively, 
yeah, everything you said today resonates. I want to be the person that loves learning and figuring this out and trying it and all that sounds really cool and I want to nerd out over and all that kind of stuff, then the, this program would be for you as well. So um, if you were interested in doing something like that, um, you can pre-register right now on sccfit.com. I'm staring at Tam, so make sure we have this up on Friday when it goes out. Pre-register for our next intake once that date is confirmed. It's going to be late February next mm-hmm. year at this stage, so you can pre-register now. Um, we'll obviously just get in contact with you as well and see how things are going in the meantime. But pre-registrations will be open. So 12-week course, 12 group workshops. Yeah. Um, it's all online. I think there's something like last time I looked about um, – 30 separate e-learning modules that you'll go through throughout as well and then come to the workshop again it's that i think the biggest win that we can talk about all the features and stuff but i think the biggest win is that community yeah it's like the outcomes you get are you can go and self uh coach yourself to a really high standard and give guarantee that you're going to get results over an extended period of time and you're part of a community that allows you to check in and say, hey, I'm doing this, is it right? I'm mm. doing this, is that right? I'm doing this, is that right? Bounce ideas off other people and feel like you're not totally alone in it, mm. which like we said at the start, unless you're a fuck you, I know you know better, and, yeah. you're probably going to value that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you are interested, like Ben said, you can head over to the SCC Fit website and apply over there. Um, But in the meantime, I definitely recommend jumping over to the resources that we have um, over on the STC Fit website. Um, So we've got plenty of resources in terms of the blogs, um, the articles, the YouTube videos and the previous podcasts that we've done. Mm. Um, So all of that will give you a really good indication on the sort of content that you can expect. um, And I guess just like unpacking some of the layers that we go through in there. Um, so you can better, yeah, have a better understanding of what you're in for um, if this is an avenue that you'd like to go down. Yeah, and I think one last thing that I would do if I was you right now, like should I, a pass-fail, tick-cross kind of method to should you pursue self-coaching right now is go and do the Be Bulletproof scorecard. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not scoring kind of 75% plus in there, then I'd say hire someone yeah. for now yeah. while you learn. Um, with it and even just say to them like my intent is to be able to do this by themselves Mm. by myself Um, if you get the wrong coach they'll balk at that then that means they were the wrong coach in the first Mm. place so yeah go and fill out the scorecard see how you go with that Um, that'll tell you where your holes are as well based on today's conversation like what stands out as low hanging fruit that you can improve on that'll allow you to get better outcomes and be able to take this on all by yourself yeah Sweet. That's a pretty good place to leave it. Yeah. So make sure you pay attention to at STC fit at Ben uh, at Ben Scott STC. And what's yours? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you don't sound confident. Uh, it's been two weeks since I said it. <laughs> um, at Nat Jurek STC fit for mine. Uh, yeah. Tag and share on the stories if you guys found this valuable. Yeah. Um, and we'll catch you in the next fortnight. Bye. Bye.